welcome to episode two of Straighten Your Crown. Today we spoke with Renee Gunner. Yes, and she talks about um, skin health and also nutrition and how those things go together. And it was so interesting. Awesome. I love it. I'm actually super pumped. So if you're listening to this in the car driving or if you're actually watching us, enjoy guys and let us know what you think. You've achieved so many things that I'm not even going to intro you um, this morning. I, I'm gonna throw that over. Can you tell us about yourself, Renee, what it is that you do? First of all, I just wanna say thank you ladies for having me. I love what it is you are doing. It's very inspiring. Um, so I have been in the aesthetic industry now for about 12 years. Um, I originally got into the industry because as a teen, I suffered with acne. So it was always a bit debilitating for me. And um, yeah, kind of, that's what swung me into this industry. Um, the more that I've been in this industry, the more women that I see, the more that I realize it's more of an internal and external. So at the minute I'm studying a Bachelor of Health Science majoring in nutrition um, to be able to treat skin disorders, I guess, internally as well as externally. I love that you've got into the aesthetic um, industry. Um, yeah, as a result of, you know, this path that you've been on um, and yeah, now you're wanting to help other women, you know, addressing external and internal as well. I just, yeah, I really love that. That we don't realise that it is the whole picture. And I know even today in Western medicine, you know, if you go to your GP and, you know, um, have an issue with your skin, diet's not something that they address. It will be more antibiotics or medications, um, you know, these things that are masking what we're seeing externally and not really treating the cause, more just trying to treat the symptoms. So I'm trying to to treat it as a, as a holistic you know, view. There's so many different factors into these things. And that is so true because literally I am like with so much hormonal acne and every time I go- Oh, you and me both, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Doctors and everything, like it's just very, top level you know mm -hmm. what i mean it's super important that you're doing this as well because there's not there is this it's not out there like so many times i want to get help but i don't know where to go so i think it's super important that you're doing it so i want to say thank you because it's so necessary um one of the things that i'm really interested to know so in the industry that you've been working in for the last 12 years what is it that you actually see you know is it a lot of um you know people wanting those topical uh, by the time people come to me, and obviously in the aesthetic industry, we're not nutritionally trained. So they're more looking at a, an external fix. So, so many different conditions that women come in. One of the main ones I would say in the industry, especially being in Australia, is pigmentation um, and glycation. So with pigmentation, unfortunately, most of the damage that we've done with pigment is probably from our youth. Women now that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, they were that era of, you know, baby oil and no SPF. So the damage, unfortunately, that they have is it's it's done now. There's We can definitely improve the way that it looks, but we can never, ever correct it. In our industry, it's so important to prevent these things. With older women as well, glycation is a really big thing. A little bit of a breakdown of what that actually is. It's the way that the sugar molecule sits in our skin and it creates almost like a checkboard, a swollen checkboard. It's quite common on the um, cheeks. And we just assume that that's aging, but it is actually due to a really high inflammatory diet you know a lot of sugar um, a lot of dairy a lot of things that are inflaming and again you can't fix that 
externally. I can do lasers, needling, peels, treatments till the cows come home. But unfortunately, unless you fix that internally, there's there's not a lot that can be done. And I think that that's not a really known thing and it's not a really researched thing either. Um, so, but I do think that the industry is acknowledging this and it is, you know, the way that the world is going in terms of treating our health, you know, a bit more holistically rather than just trying to treat the one thing that's, you know, coming up and that's it. Go back years and years, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you know, it was, more okay you know to to not be wearing you know the highest um sunscreen or you know those kind of protections and you know i think yeah times have really changed and, and people have been really educated around this concept would be the younger you are the the healthier you can eat um because that actually affects your skin later in life is that sort of the concept yeah i mean absolutely the younger that you start educating yourself on that the better your your skin will age but not only your skin your body in general so you know we have this epidemic of chronic disease um you know with western medicine treating again the the symptom not the cause whereas i think nutrition is the missing link that we need to focus on for overall health in general. That is so, I'm actually super excited that we're talking about this topic because it is like totally my jam. The fact that we're, you know, it's the internal and external. I am, my friends would know this about me, but I'm really weird about my skin. Like I'm always talking about, you know, new things that I'm trying to like, you know, be wrinkle free for as long as possible. And even when I was a kid, like it was really programmed into me because all of the women in my family are very like, not look orientated, but we just look youthful. Like we're quite a young little generation. Your mum looks like your sister. Yeah, like my mum's <laughs> awesome. like- no, no, It's very genetic, so you're probably gonna age similar too. I'm sure. Oh, very <laughs> but but it's, it's a thing though. So yes, it is part of genetics, but a lot of it is how they take care of themselves. So, you know, my grandma, my mom, like very, like when I was five, I would be squinting at TV and my grandma would be like, put your glasses on, you're gonna get wrinkles. Like I was really like, honed into that and then same thing with skincare like making sure that we're using good skincare making sure that you know sunscreen even the makeup that we use like yeah i wasn't screening that too yeah, yeah like i wasn't really um, yeah. allowed to use drugstore makeup and stuff like that because you know we just tried to make sure that we were using good products for our skin and stuff like that so it is very important in the top level side of things but in regards to internal thing i only really started learning about that as i got a shit ton amount of hormonal acne and it was yes it was a lot of it was to do with stress but i was like okay so yeah i'm probably stressed but like it's got to be something else and i started researching to be like okay maybe am i eating like is it sugar is it this is it that mm. and i you know i would go without eating sugar for a couple of weeks and i'd go without eating gluten for a couple of weeks and it would make a massive difference and it wouldn't matter what medication i was on or anything other than just simply what I was eating, plus, you know, the, obviously the products I was using. And I was spending, I was literally spending like $500 a month on every single product you can buy at Mecca, trying to fix my acne. And it only started getting better once I started eating correctly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the truths and the magic, right? Like I, you know yourself when you eat better, when your lifestyle is healthy, you look and feel better. Um, with stress and hormonal acne, it's a really, it's a really funny topic because, you know, that's probably the main trigger would be stress. But, you know, with stress, that brings on a multitude of different things. I know personally, when I'm stressed, I don't eat well. 
I probably don't exercise as much as I should. Um, you know, it does raise the cortisol levels in our body, which is a, a hormone that's releasing stress. You're in this fight or flight, which um, the epinephrine and the norepinephrine medulla will actually create all these biological changes in the body and we then have you know our cell turnover slows our peripheration slows our fibroblast slows and what that basically means is that our body isn't functioning correctly our skin is not functioning correctly our p acne bacteria is having this little party we get inflammation you know it's just a multitude of different things when it comes to the skin and stress i would say is probably the number one trigger to probably 90% of skin conditions, whether it be eczema, psoriasis, you know, acne, pigmentation. You've definitely had your fair share of stress. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I think nowadays for you, you've still got a level of stress, but it's almost like a happy and excited mm. stress, but I don't yeah. know that your face agrees with <laughs> oh with, no, my face my all, face is so. getting a lot better these past couple of months and that was the biggest thing yeah. that I realised how crazy the stre my stress levels were. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I thought a lot of my acne was based on hormones. But then when I thought about it, I was like, I was in odd situations that other people just wouldn't ever be in. Mm. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. yes, a level of the distress, but when you're stressed. You, I, I personally, when I'm stressed, I don't eat, and when I do eat, I'm grabbing the quickest fucking thing that's in my face, and it is not a, it's not nutritionist. It's probably like a freaking sausage dog or something, like a sausage roll or something. So that's definitely yeah. an issue. For sure. Yeah, me too. Like chocolate. Oh my goodness, I could eat a block when I'm stressed. <laughs> yeah, not even think twice. But you know, the stress does affect your hormones. So it is in turn then a hormonal issue. You know, like, but it is that link to stress. And unfortunately, we live in this day and age now, especially as women, we just try and do everything, always. And you know, the stress is high. We're in fight or flight all the time. Our body is in the sympathetic, you know, it's, yeah, it's not healthy to be that way, but it is the way that we've ingrained in society at the moment. It's, I think that it is changing though. I think we are, particularly with COVID, I think a lot of people have noticed that we do need to slow down yeah. Um, that we don't have to do everything all the time. Um, I think that's a positive that's come out of what's happening at the moment. 100%. And I think the, the situation um, with myself is I've enjoyed slowing down. I've actually, like, I didn't think that I would. Like, I thought that I've always been this person, like, I'm not happy unless I'm going 100 miles per hour. But this, you know, having this massive change that I've had and I've had to slow down, it's been so nice. Like I've enjoyed yes. it and it, it's really like, you know, I'm still able to achieve what I need to achieve. But I don't need to push myself to those epic levels that just aren't healthy at all. A lot of people are in the same boat, absolutely. One of the things that I'd love to ask you about is, you know, just nutrition generally. I think there's a lot of people out there, probably a lot of people in our audience too, that think you know, to eat nutritiously means that we literally have to eat, you know, fruit and lettuce leaves all of the time. You know, um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, I mean, I think like for years with nutrition, the way that we've understood it, it's calories in versus calories out, essentially. If you burn more calories than you consume, in theory, you will lose weight. Um, but it's just, it's not really that simple. You know, not all calories are created the same. Like you could live on cookies or you could live on ice cream. And as long as that is in a deficit, you will lose weight. But your body in general would not be healthy. 
I don't want to coin this term, but I've seen many times written skinny fat. So, you know, people who are quite skinny, but they live on a really unhealthy diet and it's quite common. Um, but in terms of their overall general health, they may look like on the outside to be healthy, but I can guarantee that their insides are not. One of my girlfriends messaged me the other day and she said, what, what do you eat when you feel like chocolate? And I just replied and said, chocolate. Like, you know, <laughs> you, we go through these like fad diets. And as women, we have this expectation of what we need to live up to. And I think that we restrict ourselves so much. And then, you know, I know myself, if I restrict myself, I will yo-yo. I will eat instead of a roll of chocolate, I'll eat a block of chocolate. Or I'll, instead of eating a few chips, I'll eat the whole packet of chips. People look at skinny people and just assume that they're healthy. But I can guarantee that if you're eating in a really unhealthy you know, non-nutritious way, your body is, is, is not healthy. What, what's your diet like? Like, you know, you've said that you have, you know, chocolate and, you know, do you have, I don't know, a bad food, I suppose you'd call it. You know, do you have something bad each day or are you pretty, pretty clean? I definitely have something bad each day. I have a few guilty pleasures. Ice cream would definitely be my main, but I love a glass of red wine or three. I like <laughs> chocolate. Like I, I think that, yeah, my balance is pretty good. But in terms of like my nutrition, I really focus on eating nutritious food, but I never deprive myself. If we're going out for dinner and I want to eat pizza, I'm going to eat pizza and I'll probably eat the whole pizza. You know, I never look at food as in, you know, um, in a negative way. I think that we look at food in a negative connotation. We don't need to do that. You know, food is fuel at the end of the day, but it's also enjoyable. So I feel like when you take the joy out of the food, it makes life really hard and it makes dieting really hard. And that's why a lot of people give up on dieting or do yo-yos where it's not even, you have to stop thinking about it as a diet and just start implementing it into your lifestyle. And I always say this to James, we're like um, polar opposites every other dinner. So for instance, one dinner will have like a feta and tomato pasta, like very like carb and you know, creamy and fatty and whatever. And then the next night we'll have like kale salad with pork balls. And then the next night we'll have like chips. You know what I mean? Like it's just very, it's just very like random, but it makes us, you know, it's easy for us. And, you know, we're not having to think about it. And, you know, it's an easy way for us to still, you know, have something nice or, you know, naughty, we should, I should say, naughty, but then you're also mixing it up with having those, you know, really healthy, nutritious meals as well. Also make these naughty meals quite healthy. Like, you know, um, you know, with pastas nowadays, you can buy a magnitude of different pastas, whether it be like whole grain or lentils or, you know, chickpea pasta. Like there's so many different ways that you can make these unhealthy dinners healthy. And I put it in quote, in quotations because nothing is unhealthy if you eat it in a balance you know like it's yeah nothing is going to make you fat it's the amount of food that you eat and if you're not making the correct choices you know 80 percent of the time then unfortunately that's the downside to eating in excess you will put on weight so we're talking about us so much but what do you do what do you well, do, I do. don't talk about me let's talk about <laughs> What have I been eating? Um, okay, so my um, my guilty pleasure is chocolate. So I do eat chocolate every day. Um, yeah, I know. Sorry, <laughs> I 
I do eat chocolate every day. I don't eat a huge. <laughs> I don't eat a huge amount of chocolate though. I think because I know that it's there, I don't need to binge eat it. If that makes sense. So um, when I had my two kids, so when I had Sailor, I put on 22 and a half kilos, and when I had Brooklyn, I put on 28 and a half kilos. So. I know that you know it's pregnancy weight and you know if you're pregnant that weight disappears and so forth I understand that for me it wasn't about an aesthetic thing um, in losing weight it was more about you know I wanted to be able to get back into my clothes without you know buying a whole new wardrobe. Plus too like you wear these gorgeous like cute dresses and they are quite expensive so you do yeah, not want to have to redo no, your No I just want to. <laughs> Trust me, I don't want to It's like, this is not convenient for me. I need to get back to my life. That's right. So, look, how I went about um, reducing my weight um, after I'd put on, you know, close to 30 kilos, um, and I didn't have a lot of time. So, um, Sailor and Brooklyn are 14 months apart in age. So, I couldn't, you know, go off and leave um, my newborn and, and my one-year-old while I go to the gym anyway. So, how I did it seems a bit silly, but was stepping. So, you'll see that I've got my Fitbit on every day. Um, every day I make sure I do at least 10,000 steps uh, I'm in the house or at work, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, sometimes up to 35,000 steps a day, you know, depending again on what the day is. So, you know, I might be buttering toast, you know, making honey toast for my daughter or something like that. And I'll be stepping, 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 stepping while I'm doing that. Um, and that's how I've been able to you know, reduce that um, weight gain from pregnancy, but also that's in honesty how I maintain now the, I, I, you know, I, I feel that I'm a healthy weight, but that's how I maintain the weight that I'm comfortable with. And it still allows me, you know, to have those guilty pleasures, like, you know, to have a little bit of chocolate each day or, um, yeah, your cookie for breakfast. Uh, look, actually, let's talk about the cookie for breakfast. So I do do that. Um, <laughs> another guilty pleasure. So, yeah, I'm not sort of shining today, am I? Fly around every night as well do them all. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, look, I do. I have a cookie for breakfast. Now the reason for that, um, when I first wake up in the morning, I'm not really hungry at all. But if I don't eat something, it gets to sort of 9:30, and I actually feel sick if I haven't eaten something. So I kind of needed to find something that is small enough, um, but something that wasn't going to make me feel sick as well. And I'm sure there's people in our audience that would have something, you know, similar to that. Um, I'm lactose intolerant and I'm, um, I'm celiac as well, you know, so I'm supposed to be, you know, watching those things as well. Um, you know, and you can buy gluten-free and all of those things as well. But yeah, in the, in the morning I do have a little cookie and that's what, you know, breakfast is. But then my diet improves throughout the day. Um, and that sort of sits better with me and my body, I suppose. I guess at the end of the day, everyone is so different as well. You've got to find what works for you. Like, you know, some people love going to the gym and that's their time. And I know I don't have children, so I can't relate. But, you know, when you go to the gym, it's like your time. No one's about, you know, no one's there. I love that. But I know that not everybody does. So it's about really finding what works for you. Um, I find really interesting now is there's you on YouTube there's so many different things that you can you can search from yoga, Pilates, meditation, whatever it be. There's so many different ways that you can be active and it doesn't need to be, you know, a long hour slog at the gym every day. It's just about whatever fits into your lifestyle. You know, going for a walk with the kids or taking the dog out for 15 minutes or, you know, 
in your lunch break, walking around the block. Like there's so many different things that you can do. Yeah, there's no two people that are the same. So I love that you step. That's fantastic. 35,000 steps. I'm here. I am trying to aim for 10,000. <laughs> no, you have, to you have to understand how she does it though, because it's the most interesting thing ever. So she told me about it and then she's like, you know how like I'll stand up and I'll just start moving and stepping while we're talking. I'm like, yeah, she's like, that's how, that's what I'm that's doing. I'm, I'm just doing that. Like, I'm just like, I won't sit down and like, I want to watch TV. Like, I'll just like, you know, go get my steps up, like just step it. And she's like watching TV and I'm like, that is freaking fantastic. Weird. <laughs> no, it's not yeah. weird. Like, it's just cool. Like, like, that's amazing. I think I might implement this into my own life. Me too. I'm going to get a watch because it's like, just move it around. It's, like, it's just this constant movement throughout the day. Um, just be careful doing it in public places and spaces. So I remember a couple of years ago, I was in uh, I was in New South Wales and I was um, in the line. Um, I think it's like Services New South Wales or something. It's called where you like re-register your car, and I had to wait in the line for forty minutes. So after probably you know five minutes of standing there, kind of got the better of me. So I just started stepping, and somebody actually came up to me and said, "Oh, you know, do you need to go to the toilet?" No. I'm just, <laughs> just Increasing my step count for the next 30 minutes. You would also look really impatient too, just like stepping in, like, come on, come on. Yeah, so do watch it in public places. I think that's great. But I think the biggest thing with exercise is don't put too much pressure on yourself. I think as women, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, and it's just about, you know, doing something small each day for yourself and, yeah, not trying to be too hard on yourself if you don't do it. You know, I don't exercise every day. I'm probably lucky to exercise three, four times a week. I think that's definitely the thing too, and it's the same thing with diet. It's always like, oh, I'll start tomorrow, I'll start tomorrow, because it's such a process, and yeah. everybody's like, you're like slack, like you go to like sign up to the gym, or like work out something, how you're gonna get fit, or eat better, and it's not. You can literally you start eating that. better right that second. As soon as you decide, I should eat better, eat better. Like yeah. the end, don't worry about it. Like don't put so much pressure. Especially with nutrition, that you know, if you have one bad meal in a day, a lot of people are just like, you know what, my day's gone. The rest of the day, I'm just going to eat crappy food and I'll start again tomorrow. But it doesn't need to be that way. If you have a crappy breakfast, you know, you can correct yourself at lunch. You don't have to have the whole day as a write-off. Because yeah, I know yeah. myself as well. If I do that, it's then it falls into the next day and then the next day. And then it's been a week and you're like, oh my goodness, I'll start Monday. And then Monday you don't start. And the other thing too, like I know a lot of women who, you know, they would have a really, really big bad lunch or whatever you want to call it. And then for dinner, they just won't eat because they're like, oh, well, I've had too many calories for the day. And I'm like, you've got to fucking eat yeah, something. Yeah. Even if it's like a small salad or, you know, just something very nutritious, try to get that nutrition back into your diet that you didn't get by eating that bad food. you got to think about it. So if you're going to eat like a, for instance, fish and chips today, so then I know for dinner, I'm going to make sure that I have a really big salad. So then all of that nutrition I didn't get for lunch, I'm then going to have that for dinner. So, and it's not even a thing yeah, of like- just said there, it's the nutrition. If you look at it as a nutritional standpoint that, you know, okay, I'm having fish and chips for lunch. There's not a lot of nutritional value there. For dinner, if you focus on your nutrition, it's going to be a healthy, nutritious meal. If you don't eat dinner, you're probably going to wake up tomorrow very, very hungry. And I know myself, when I'm hungry, I make the worst food decisions. Or not even hungry. Like, you're going to feel slumpish. You're going to feel a chip. Absolutely. Just don't do it to yourself. So I definitely think about dieting as a nutritional standpoint versus 
you know, calories in versus calories out. And you know, probably that's why I hold a little bit more weight because I'm not I'm not obsessing about it. I don't care. I actually do not care how how, how big I am at all. But I'm really all that matters at the end of the day. Like you could be skinny and miserable. And I'm sure a lot of really, really lean, fit people are miserable. Can't well, I personally I personally really, really like curves. Like I'm a very, you know, curvy pro person. But in saying that, I think curves need to come with nutrition. Like you can't yeah, just you want have, to be healthy. Exactly. You have to be healthy. Like you can't, you know, be a certain size and everybody always says, you know, why do you have such a small waist? And I'm like, okay, because I, I enjoy, you know, I do eat what I eat, but I also make sure that I'm looking after my body because she is a yeah. temple at the end of the day. Like I do really have to, you know, look after her. And it's another thing that flows into body positivity. Like Yes, you have to love her from the outside, but you also have to love her enough on the inside to look after and make sure that you've got to get that nutrition in your diet. I love that. Really. I think one of the easiest things to implement that I find is trying to focus on 30 plant-based foods per week. And yes. it's a really easy way for you to focus on every meal and what you're actually putting in to the meal to add a little bit more of that nutritional value, whether it be a herb or a spice or an extra veggie. And I find that that's a really nice way of incorporating yeah, more fruit and veg and nutrition into your diet. Um, because you know yourself, when you eat really bad, you feel really crap. Not even about the calories in versus calories out. It's For me, it's my energy. If I eat bad, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to socialize. I don't want to, you know, do things at work. Like it just, yeah, it's like a domino effect. But yeah, also the, the other thing too is color for me. So if like it's oh, yes. very brown and yellow, I'm like, oh, damn it. Like I'm going to have to, um, you know, really make up for it later on. Like I'm going to have to have something really green and red and, you know, all those other really nutrition colors. It's an indicator, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You really have to look at it. And the same thing too, like with the feta and tomato pasta. I was just thinking, as you said that, like you could add some, you know, herbs or whatever. I'm like, I could put some baby spinach in that actually. Yeah. Like that would be a really good way of kind of bumping that unhealthy meal right up to just fill her out a little bit. Like at the end of the day, yeah as long as it's got your macro and micronutrients that your body needs it's a good meal well i'm also going to now go follow you on instagram because i'm super excited because christy was saying how you know, post lots of things and stuff like she's that she's got like a real education yeah. hub which i love so yeah I, I i already follow renee and you know yeah you, you learn so many things about nutrition and skin and yeah it's just it's really worthwhile watching you know so my instagram <laughs> is at the healthy face yeah at the minute i post a lot of um, educational things about skin nutrition all of the stuff that I find really fascinating that I hope my audience find fascinating uh, this is probably the, my like probably my favorite um my one of my favorite podcasts because this is right up my alley yeah, I'm like, I could just I talk about this video. I've loved love love chatting with you guys honestly I could talk about this all day <laughs> <laughs> well I think the best thing because obviously we've gone over time but Definitely check out your Instagram because we can get so much more information from you. I could definitely, like I said, sit here for hours talking, talking to about you. this. Yeah. Um, but I really, really appreciate you coming on and having a little chat with us. Thank really. you so much, Renee. It's really yeah. thank you so much for having me. And like I said, I love watching what you girls are doing, and I can't wait to see what happens in the future. All right, see you. Thanks. Bye.